0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Choose Inclusion. Thank you all for continuing to dive in and, and um, you know, listen to not just what we have to say, but what, what our guests have to say. And we're, today um, we're really excited because, uh, and honored, because we we have a chance to speak to um, a couple of, of young women Young ladies from the younger generation, um, Black Voices who, as part of our Black Voices Matter segment, you know, we, we want to hear the perspective of what what the younger generation is going through, what they're feeling as, you know, with everything that's going on. And so um, before I introduce them, I want to always say hello to Nina and Mike. Hello, team. How are you?
1: All right. Hello to everybody.
2: Welcome back. Excited for uh, today's episode.
0: Awesome. Yeah, me too. And so I want to introduce um, Ayana and Phoenix and um, to protect their identities, of course, no last names or anything like that. But Ayana and Phoenix, hello. Welcome. And how are you two doing? Hi. (laughs) Um, How are you two doing?
3: Good. Um, I'm a little bit stressed out because school just started, but other than that, I'm good.
0: Well, that's a good point, actually. Um, I didn't even think about that. So, wh- what um, what what's stressing you out about that? Is it because are you in person right now, going back to school in person, or are you still at home?
3: No, I'm still online. Okay. So I, I would love
1: to ask you to, I mean, you know, so you're both in seventh grade and, um, you know, so much has unfolded just over the, the summer. And um, I'm just curious to hear your, your thoughts and opinions on um, what's, what's happening in the country right now. What's your perspective on it? Um, yeah, and how, how, what are your thoughts about the systemic issues?
3: Um so I think that this has been going on forever and now that people are just now, you know, noticing it and seeing it, they um choose to do something about it. So, I mean, it's been happening forever. It's just people are choosing to do something about it and try to make changes now.
4: Yeah, I agree with that because honestly like everyone, I'm not saying at all that I um I'm not um Heartbroken or sad about the George Floyd situation, but my thing is, people are just now opening their eyes, and we have been trying to get people's attention for years now. This is it's it's nothing new, and now people are like, "Oh, it's an eye opener for me." That's good for you, but like, come on, we've been dealing with this for years, and now people just because it's a um, different thing and like everything going on with the pandemic at the same time is going on, and um, there's this thing. And it's, there's two pandemics, racism and the coronavirus. And I also really agree with that because honestly, it's sad that people are just scared for their lives just because of the color of their skin. Absolutely.
2: Well, I uh, I applaud both of you young ladies for um, willing to speak up. Honestly, that's that's such a, a leadership kind of move. So um well done for coming on a podcast. Uh that uh our, again our podcast is really um it, we, we choose inclusion was very very strategic on uh making an intentional conscious choice about being inclusive and uh so we we applaud you for coming on here because you are by far the youngest Guests that we've had come on here, um, and with all the pressures that are going on, uh, you, George Floyd, obviously the um, the riots. I know you guys both had opinions regarding the riots. I would love, uh, I would love to hear more about uh, what you guys feel about the riots, and then. I do want to delve delve into um, school because I think there's a lot to be uh, talked about with uh, the current school situation. But let's let's start with the riots. Please talk to me about that.
4: Um. So yeah, with the school situ. Oh, I mean, sorry, with the riot situations. Um. In my opinion, no, I don't think it's right. I don't think people should be stealing or looting. Like um. Or like setting buildings on fire, blah blah blah, right? But then at the same time, it's like, we're how long has it taken? Like, I'm not excusing anything that's going on, but specifically in the news people are making it seem like we're the protesters are the bad guys by just showing a bunch of clips of buildings on fire people rioting and stuff but they're not actually talking about the injustices that are going on no one is talking about when police are abusing people of color and specifically black people for no reason and people aren't talking about when police are um using their power for abuse and um being just overpowering and stuff like that and i feel like the cause of it isn't rioting and looting, you can always build a building, but you can't give someone's life back. And people don't realize that that's the cause of it. That's just stuff that's going on because of it, but that's not the point of people protesting. And there have been so many peaceful protests that that haven't been shown on the news because they wanna make it seem like we're the bad guys. Um, And no, I don't agree with the rioting and looting, but I feel like that's not the focus, and that should never be the focus. And those people who do that—that that is their decision, and we should just focus on what the protests are even for.
2: Do you, well, you know you? It, that's powerful.
0: Yeah, I mean, I especially love you know the the point you made about rebuilding buildings, but not you know you can't bring back a life. It's an amazing. Amazing thing that people don't think about. You talk. You talked about, um, you know, the thing that the things that media reports and the things that they show and the things that they don't show. Um, What what do you see a different story being told on social media? I know you you mentioned Snapchat and TikTok before we started the show. What do you see that's different? What what stories are being told there that we're not seeing in the mainstream media?
3: Um, so I think that on social media, it's way more progressive because there's more of a younger generation on there. Um, um, apart from the news, which is like less of the younger generation is on there. So I feel like since we have a different mindset, we're going to show different things. But also, it depends on like kind of what you are like, want to see, if you know what I mean, like that would come up on your feed. So if you want to see criminalizing of the Black Lives Matter movement, that might be what you see. Yeah. That's, that's such
1: a good point though. I mean, yeah, what yeah. are your thoughts on the fact that, you know, the social media is skewing the kind of information people are getting and have like, what have you been seeing in terms of your peers? Kind of getting these different narratives because of social media
3: um well so i go to a school that is mostly white um and a lot of the people there are really you know good and progressive but there's like a group of people that have way different political views than i would and they choose to ignore what they see if it's um, not what they think if that makes any sense oh okay.
1: I,
2: I gotta tell you at at 12 in 7th grade and i told you that was the best four years of my life i i even at the fourth year of my 7th grade like i wouldn't have been able to say something like that i <laughs> i'm really <laughs> I'm really, yeah. I didn't start, I didn't start thinking politics now, but here, and here's the thing. So Ayana and, and Phoenix, like, so I've been blind my whole life. So I went to school, um, as, as, as a, uh, a blind student, um, you know, everywhere I went and I was, um, always, um, <laughs> uh, I think one time in, in June, no, in 10th grade, I, I find the first time I ever went to school with other blind students was actually in 10th grade. Um, and so, uh, so I, 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 know what it feels like from a, a blind person perspective, being kind of that only, um, you know, person um, and, and uh, quite honestly, just feeling always not like I was like anybody else. I didn't see myself uh, literally in anybody else. So, um, but I'm really, really impressed with you being able to even talk about political views um, in seventh grade. I would not have, Uh, been able to do that. But talk to me more about school in general. Like what's, you know, the pandemic, uh, remote learning. Talk to me, like, uh, is it stressful? Is it not stressful? Is it productive? Is it not productive? Talk to me about your current educational, uh, your path right now.
4: Well, for me specifically, I am doing homeschool with my mom because honestly, I prefer not to do online school just because I feel like I'm not really good at learning when it's, like, online. I kind of need hands-on or, like, I like to just be in space with other people and, like, have different experiments and stuff like that. So, for me, it's doing pretty okay. I'm doing homeschool right now. But um, as far as last season, like, last spring when we were doing online school, I feel like it was, like, really difficult. Like, not the actual work, but, like, the online school because it's just like, and it wasn't even as bad because now they're doing like actual Zoom meetings, but then, then they were just like assigning things and I feel like you can't really get as much help or you can't really talk. You have to like wait for your teachers to email you back or something for something after class. So I feel like it's a little bit more difficult and I prefer to be with people in person, but otherwise right now I like doing homeschool because it's just like, um, I'm with my sister, so we at least get to like talk and stuff like that.
3: Um, so for me, I'm going to online school because we had an option if we wanted to go in person or online and I'm not trying to get the coronavirus. So I went online and I think it's definitely better than last year, but it's still difficult to learn. Without being in a classroom and without being with other people.
1: Has the school system, your teachers, you know, have they discussed or addressed what's happening with Black Lives Matter and what's happened with George Floyd's murder and everything that's been going on? No. Um,
4: for me, no. Um, even like when we were doing online school, when the stuff was still going on in the spring around, when George Floyd happened, um, people, like, my teachers, like, most teachers, they are, like, I'm not allowed to give my political views, stuff like that, and I feel like, yes, like, sure, you're not, if you're not allowed to give your political view, and you don't want to get in trouble, yes, but, like, at the same time, I feel like, while saying that, you are kind of staying silent at the same time, because, There are many ways you can bring in stuff like, with Black history lessons, think about it. When we think of Black history in school, all we think of is slavery, because that's what everyone taught. Instead of actually teaching about inventions that Black people made, the Underground Railroad, all that different stuff that are positive about our culture, we aren't really talked about. And if so, it's only during Black History Month, which is actually the shortest month of the the year, of course. And I just feel like there isn't enough attention on that. And I feel like we shouldn't be afraid to talk about these things because it's basically hiding from reality. You, sure, you can't talk about your political view in school, but why not? That's the way the real world is. And it should be, the school should be teaching us how to deal with things in the real world, not sheltering us from things that are actually going on. And that is how you know the system is blind itself. If they're not allowed to give their political view, I am pretty sure there is a reason for
3: that i think that the fact that the teachers aren't allowed to give their political views is kind of like i feel like yeah it does it is the system like it's the system trying to take the teachers opinions away if that makes any sense like they because they want the teachers to teach what they want people to know They don't want them to teach actual truth. So, yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah. I, that, thank you for your honesty. I mean, that, like, you know, it's, it's interesting because I wanted to ask you both, you know, what, what are the things that, (laughs) what are the things that annoy you about adults? Meaning in this, in this case, right? Like what are the what are the things that you wish adults were saying and doing in in this given situation that you're not seeing enough of and you sort of, you, you answered it with, with um, you know, teaching more about your culture, right. And, and the amazing things um, that you all have done, but what, what else, like what, what are some other ways that you think adults can really like step up in this case and keep the movement going?
3: Well, my first thing is a lot of adults tend to invalidate younger people's opinions because they're young and they think that they know um, better on that certain situation because they're older um, and they don't listen to us. So that's the one, one number one thing is for adults to listen, because a lot of the time they think they are automatically Knowing better because they are older, which in some cases yes, but in a lot no, because we we have different views than you that we would like to share, um, and I feel like also if you do if if you if you're an adult and you disagree with the child, then to challenge them on what they're thinking and have a a good conversation with them about their thoughts and your thoughts, like a healthy disagreement would be great because then you can um, um, share your views and stuff.
4: Yeah, and for me, um, I feel like as far as adults and specifically teachers, I feel like, like Phoenix said, specifically listening. And also people don't talk about in education, how black children are silenced in the classroom. There are like so many cases where we are shut down because of our opinions. Like we have so many good examples. Um, We both went to the same school two years ago in fifth grade. And there was like, um, when we started talking to people like you guys and um, doing like different interviews and stuff, we would mainly talk about that. And it was basically, um, I'm not going to say the teacher's name, but she would, um, there was like this one lesson we were doing and it was, um, it was like about um, black culture or whatever. And we were just talk. it was like vocabulary words. And then one of the words was racism. And I gave my valid example of what I thought racism was. And she shut it down and embarrassed me in front of the whole class. And she's done it multiple times. And um, with a lot of her black students in the class, she was very rude. And I feel like um, also in English class, me and Phoenix wanted to do a presentation about police brutality and then the teacher was like i don't think this is appropriate for class even though it's real life oh yeah last year um and we just like we were getting really upset because it's like we're being silenced and it's not like we're just being disrespectful we have facts coming to the table and we have our opinions, just like anyone else would and i feel like um they we've been silenced and it's unacceptable and i feel like authority and like principals need to do more about educating our teachers on racial topics and controversial topics
1: have you mm. ever met a, a black teacher in your entire schooling history yeah no okay one yes and one no yeah we had a educator on the podcast last week um who that's
2: where i was going you know yeah
1: Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. You can talk about it. No,
2: no, you're good. That's, but that's exactly where I was going. Please do. Yep. No, I
1: mean, it was just, it's one of those things. uh, So she, she teaches math teachers in college. And so the future math teachers of the world, she's teaching. And she says that, you know, pretty much every single one of her teachers is a white middle-class woman. And, uh, and, and often what they're doing is what you just described is, is silencing black voices in the classroom but also uh, kind of, not, I don't wanna use the word intimidate, but like, I think silence is the right word, but it essentially like stops black kids from being able to bring their full authentic selves to the classroom. And I'm curious, have you, have you experienced that as well?
2: I'd, I'd say the answer is yes, based on their examples, Nina, and that's, <laughs> and that's, so, and, and um, oh, doggone it, what was that amazing uh, PhD, uh, that doctorate that we talked to uh, last week, um, uh, shoot, it'll come to me in a moment, but, uh, yeah, so she, yeah, exactly, so Dr. White, she was talking about the, uh, the achievement gap, and it was exactly that experience that you two are being, that, that you're talking about, where uh, uh, th- there is a, um, <clears throat> uh, it, <laughs> an obvious intentional um, uh, part that the teachers are, are playing that are not allowing uh, black students and white students to have the same educational experience within the same classroom. And that, that alone is creating what's called the achievement gap. Now, obviously, you two, and uh, 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 in, in obviously, most, most education shouldn't just, shouldn't just be left on teachers. You have an amazing uh, support system with your mom and family. So that is fantastic. However, it still saddens me to hear that, uh, again, we, we just had the, uh, Dr. White on last week talking about this achievement gap. And here you two are talking about your real-world experience with that.
3: Um, yeah, I think that an achievement gap, that's, that's, like, it resonates with us a lot because of all the experiences we've had with some teachers and some people trying to put us down because they're uncomfortable with our opinions. And I feel like we are also
4: very privileged So for us, it's easier than other kids, because honestly, if I'm being honest, we weren't really scared of anyone. We would give our opinions and we were going to make them listen to us. But that's not the way every student is. And I feel like they need to make a comfortable environment so that everyone feels heard. We were heard because we made ourselves heard. It wasn't because anyone listened, but we had voices and we made them listen. But the thing is, we're privileged. We have a like you said, a support system, our moms study these kind of things. So that's pretty rare. So it's not really, um, based on our experience, this is basically like the easier experience. And there's plenty of other students that have been through what we've been through, but without that support and without the knowledge and without the confidence to stand up against other people.
0: Yeah, I think it's incredible and amazing for, for both of you to be able to admit that. I think that's huge. But I also, you know, I think um, I think it's equally important, though, for, for you not to have to put yourself in that situation in the first place, to have to stand up and yell to be heard, right? I think, um, you know, you had asked us before the show like what we thought of the protests and things like that. And, you know, my, my point of view was that how else are they how else is a, an entire community of people who have been marginalized and dehumanized for centuries in this country how else are they supposed to be heard right like they have to literally scream at the top of their lungs because they've had enough and it shouldn't have to be that way it shouldn't have to be that way for kids your age to just be heard to just have their opinions be heard in class and not be felt like they can't say what they really want to say. So it's, um, I, yeah, I don't know.
2: And I was, I was actually, thank you for bringing that back up, Ebaldo. So before we jumped on air live, I was really impressed with a question like that when we said, do you have any questions for us? And the first one out of your mouth was, so how do you feel about the protests so again you know um, a part of the black lives matter uh you know indignation that's happening right now is you know for uh uh you know caucasians and and just non-black people to educate yourselves it's not it's not up to the black community to educate themselves Um, and so i loved that same uh, that same line of thinking when you said, how do you feel about these protests? So um, it's not just about how you feel about them. I thought that was a really, um, that was a very mature question. Um, and, and you both have, uh, you guys both have uh, kind of a line into politics. That was a great way to put it on us. And I've been thinking about that question and I'm a, I'm a peaceful guy. Um, I, I'm a peaceful protest person. I I do not condone uh, violence, but also I grew up in a very violent household. And so I look at violence in a pretty, pretty unique with a pretty unique lens. So I I shy away from that now. Uh, so, uh, however, peaceful protesting is is one of the. Um, one of our rights. Uh, it's that's absolutely. Uh, it's been happening, and uh, it's the the late great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, strategically used pro- peaceful protests. Gandhi. There are so many amazing Nelson Mandela. There are so many amazing leaders across the world that have used peaceful protests, you know, to uh, a great degree of success. And so, I, I for me personally, I look at the the peaceful protesters. As you know, that's how movements and that's how policies and that's how uh, things get done um, in the world. So I, I appreciated that question. And uh, I just wanted to make sure I, I got a chance to answer you because I thought that was a great question.
1: Yeah, Ayana and Phoenix, I, I have to say my reaction to that question was, why are you asking two white guys about that? Because who cares what they have to say? But, uh, you know, that was that was I think that shows a lot about the integrity that you have to be able to actually pose these kind of honest questions um, to to folks, no matter their their race and and to bring up the issues that you've brought up today. And I think everything you've talked about today has been is, is eye-opening for our audience. This is a voice that we have not heard on the Black Voices Matter series. And we definitely want you to come back <laughs> at some point and give us an update on everything. Um, I, I have a feeling the world is gonna continue to change rapidly in all kinds of ways. And your experiences, thoughts, and opinions are needed to be heard by our audience. So I just want to thank you both for taking the time to to join us today and to provide us with the, all the insights that you're able to provide us.
2: Absolutely. Thank you both so much.
3: You're welcome. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Yeah, thank you for having me <laughs> on here.
2: Always. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll, I'll make sure to send over some of my 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 amazing dance moves on a TikTok app. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. If
4: go viral. Tag us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna go viral. Okay, like what is that white <laughs> crazy guy doing? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
1: All right, well, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to Ayana and Phoenix. Thank you, Yubi and Mike. Uh, we can't wait to have these two back uh, in a future episode of the Black Voices Matter series. I think we're officially gonna make them our young correspondents. And uh, stay tuned uh, for more episodes of Black Voices Matter. You can, uh, Check us out on our website, ChooseInclusion.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So please stay tuned for more. And thank you again for joining us.
2: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Bye everybody. Always. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.